0: I've grown up in this lockdown, I would say that for the first time I feel like an an adult or at least a young adult. Um In terms of my perceptions, my emotional health and intelligence, um, as well as the way that I reflect on things. Priorities, you know, in all kinds of aspects of life. Yeah, for the first time, I don't feel so young anymore. Um, Now, this may also be due to... I guess, who I'm surrounded by. People at work are in their 30s. If there is one who is under 30, she's probably 28, 29. I have no idea. But um, yeah, everybody's well into their 30s, 40s, some their 50s. Um, My parents, you know, um, in their late 40s and 50s, and early 50s, sorry. Yeah, even, I guess, friends or people that I've been meeting are into their 30s as well, or 30. So, yeah, and before that, colleagues, same thing. Um, So, yeah, I've really grown up, and I guess I'll start talking about what has made me realise that. I'm sorry this is a bit impromptu, but... (laughs) Yeah, so excuse me if it's a bit mumbled or uh, incoherent, but we'll try, we'll get there. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I've changed in a variety of ways. So I'd say a big one that has been is female friendships and the importance of them. I think a lot of them are realizing the importance of something. So, um, the importance of female friendships is one. Uh, I say this because growing up, I would say I've mostly had female friends. Yeah. In school, um, had friendship groups and they would consist of like in the core group, maybe three or four. Um, and then in the wider group, like six, seven, eight, um, kind of friends that were all female. So it doesn't necessarily apply so much. Um, though in class, in classes, I would have mixed kind of interactions of people, girls and guys. Um, as I got to A-levels more, especially in product design, most of my friends were guys um in the class so it it kind of varied there was a whole mix um growing up and also outside of school like in church yeah my closest friends were females um obviously had good interactions with guys as well but yeah it was mostly uh females and uh, I also have like a, a core other group as well um which now mostly consists of guys, but, yeah, we've always kind of been friends. So, um, yeah, real mixed bag. But at work, I noticed that it was fundamentally only guys, like my closest friend. If I had one closest colleague, not friend, (laughs) colleague, it would be a guy at every workplace. Now, to be fair, a lot of them, we came in together... Um, or maybe, like, half of them or a third. So maybe that's why we were closer. But, yeah, I just had a good vibe, good banter, good relationship with them. And, yeah, it's just an interesting thought. It's only probably my first job where I I had a female friend that I was closest with. Um, So that's fine. But also, I think on a point that's not related to male versus female friendships but just friendships in general I think I put a lot more value on them now um beforehand I didn't really see the importance uh, to be honest uh yeah friends I guess were important because you do things with them so if I want to go I don't know, ice skating or shooting or you could just get up to some activity. That's what friends were for. That's why you needed them. So you can have somebody to do all that with. Um, and then, yeah, the emotional stuff, not really. You keep that to yourself or you keep that to your partner. Um but friends are the people, at least in my life, who I have a long-term connection with. So even though we're not always talking, and actually I prefer that we not always talk. <laughs> um, it's just, they're people that I can go back to from time to time, check up on, meet up with, see how they're doing. Because at some point in your life, they were very important to you. So, um I think what lockdown or reflecting during lockdown has made me realize is that you can be vulnerable and emotional with your friends too and I say female friends because as much as I'm 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 a huge feminist so never take this the wrong way um and I think growing up has sort of made me realize that you know as much as uh emotions I can be emotional with men it doesn't tend to happen as much it's probably only a a partner or um, I've got a a couple of friends as well that I can open up in that regard with and it happens from time to time maybe every six months maybe every year uh, that we have a huge catch-up so apart from that I don't tend to get emotionally fed by men Um, it's kind of just banter and having a good time which is what I'm about in general so um yeah I think that females provide can provide not all of them that emotional side as well that obviously girls are so funny as well oh my god yeah the banter is that I have great banter with um everyone to be honest but yeah they can also provide that side. And I think the main reason I realised there was a difference between my approach to males and females um, or my perception is because I'm not very comfortable with females, whereas with men, I'm very comfortable. I feel very much like myself and I can be who I am and just have a good time, banter really. But with females, I don't know. Um, and I don't know where this comes from, it's probably something that I need to explore, but there's there's always an underlying energy there, um, not with everyone, but I think for the most part it's probably just me seeing it <laughs> and something probably in my background that has made it this way but i am not I don't feel like I can entirely be my um, quicker than I would have kids or a partner even, <laughs> but yeah, um I've realized that I think fundamentally all I want for myself and for the people I care about and my future children is happiness, uh, true satisfaction and joy. And if that's what it is, then we're happy about that. Um, You know, even if, for example, and I don't mean to be political here, but I'll be honest, I was always wondering what what would I do if I had a disabled child um, or, for example, a child with Down syndrome? Um, I think initially the younger self, which is probably still there a bit, but this older side of me has come out now whereby I think, well... If they're happy in in their world in their element, then why should I fret? You know, um, and I know that the world is harsh, and it may be painful for me to see them tre- being treated a certain way. But isn't it better to kind of give them life and um, a happy life and do the best that you can? For- Another thing that I've just learned is to take control um, and just do it. So in my life, I think there's been a lot of situations where I've been like, I've planned out my dreams and said, I want to, I don't know, start a business or I want to start charging a higher price for my wigs and selling them. So I think recently, Yeah, I've just decided to take control of my money, finances, business, um, things that I can take control of. Uh, So, for example, what I can't control is when love will come into my life or to an extent you can't really control when people come into your life or certain people that you want in your life, uh, certain types of people that you want in your life come in that just comes with the ebb and flow of life, Uh, I guess what you can control is how you respond to those situations, um, where they come in, but yeah, what I can control, and I have always been very good with my money, I've never struggled with money, and I've always been quite blessed with employment as well, Um, so I guess in that sense, I'm yeah, I'm I'm very blessed, I'm favoured, I'd put it that way, but I think trying to make more rather than just saving is something I can take control of. So I've I've always kind of known about how stocks and shares work because of business studies at A levels, but I think I've looked into that more and started to understand how to make good investments or how to invest in general. And I've been doing that um, in the past week or two. Um, As part of, I guess, one of my new obsessions, (laughs) I tend to get obsessed with something in particular. And by obsessed, it's like, you're always thinking about that thing. um, When, as soon as you have like a break or time to just, look at it, you will go on the app or whatever. So um, for example, I was really obsessed with wigs just before that. I have been for a while, but it was getting to the point where like every free minute I am shopping for a new wig, like either on Depop or AliExpress. And it was just throwing my money away, to be honest. Um, so I thought, okay, how can I use this same energy to produce something Good and fruitful, and so investment came in, um, and I'd been meaning to for probably since I was seventeen start investing. I think McDonald's was the first stock that I was like, I would really like to buy that, but in my life, every time I talked about it, people would be very discouraging. You know, they'd say you're going to lose a lot of money that way if you don't know what you're doing, blah blah blah, and. I guess it just put me off because of the risk, but I thought, you know what, I'm willing to make that risk and that, um, sacrifice if it means in the long term, I'll be fruitful because had I done it when I was 17, five years on, I would be balling. Like I would have made a lot of money. So I should have just stuck with my instincts and gone with it. Um, So those are things that you can take control of. Uh, Business, money, finances. Um, And if I can aim and strive to be the best in that area, then I think I will feel somewhat fulfilled um, when maybe other aspects of my life are lacking a bit or I'll be prepared for kind of new ventures. So... Basically, you can't flop in everything. <laughs> Take control over what you can control. Um, I guess next I need to sort out my weight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I will do that in time. It's coming. Lockdown is finishing. So people are going to start seeing me again. And it just needs to be done. <laughs> um, okay. So I guess tied to that is importance of mental and emotional health and I guess it's a just do it attitude and approach as well I think you'll see throughout my different poems and and prose on this podcast channel that I have struggled a lot with my um, mental and emotional health uh, for years like probably since I was 15, I'd say, but it just kind of got worse in 2018. It got really bad in 2018. Um, That was like an all time low. And then I was still, I've been trying to like rebuild from there, you know, just keep going. That's what we can do in life. Um, Keep going. There's no other option or choice, So I had that kind of attitude that this is probably not going to get better. So you have to, as in my previous point, take control over the things that can make you feel better. Um, But you can also bring yourself up by self-praise as well. Looking and thinking, what do I love about myself? What have I achieved? what about me draws people why am i special and i think i was always afraid of somewhat doing that because i thought it's cocky or it's um elevating yourself and when people would talk about themselves to me like oh yeah you know this is this, this guy asked me out or like people are always doing this or you know, because I'm just such an amazing blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, shut up, seriously, because I'm not trying to hear your graceful words. But I realise that, I guess that's how you elevate your self-confidence and um, own it. You know, own who you are, own your beauty, your inner beauty or outer beauty, what you can create, what you can do. Um and your experience in this life. And I think those are ways that your mental health and emotional health can improve. Obviously going outside and doing things as well is quite important. So um, I guess lockdown has also made me take, made me realise how much I took for granted (laughs) just going out. And I think it's the same with everybody. doing things and so right now i'm itching to drive so that i can do more um but yeah there's a realizing how important it is to be mentally and emotionally healthy rather than just continuing on so living abundantly versus just surviving same vein um, I've learned to be more vulnerable um, and the beauty and importance of vulnerability as well Uh, so I think before I used to think I would come from a very untrustworthy perspective uh, for the sake of guarding my heart This is just with pretty much everybody that comes into my life that looks like a potential relationship as in friendship or um, any other types of relationships that we have in this life. So I think now I'm more keen on um, allowing my experience and my voice to be heard because for me building my walls is not really speaking. And um, if I, yeah, by not speaking, I mean not sharing my own experience. So if I'm at a point where I'm talking about myself and my own experience, that to me is being vulnerable. Um, And this isn't just talking about, I'm, I'm quite an open book when it comes to my opinions and beliefs. Uh, more so beliefs if I fundamentally believe in something or when it comes to just making people feel welcome and comfortable, then yeah, I'm very open in that sense. But when it comes to, yeah, me as a person at a core, on a soul and spiritual level, I don't tend to show a lot of people that side. And I bring that out in other people, I guess as a way of deflecting from what's going on with me. And people like to talk about themselves. Most people I know talk and talk and talk. And all you have to do is ask them a question. So I think I've realized that I also need to, you know, answer questions fully and properly and thoughtfully. and just be vulnerable, open my heart and show who I really am. Um, and also part of showing my voice as well is, I guess the increase in writing or expressing what I can do as well. I'm, I don't know whether fundamentally I'm creative. I think fundamentally I am creative. Um, my, kind of skills at the moment, or trade, so to speak, is in law. I'm not a lawyer, but I I did a law degree and I'm working in kind of contract law and negotiation. So, um, but by, by fundamentally, I'm a creative person. Um, And that's just because I think I can, I'm a jack of all trades, so I can do a lot, but I wouldn't say I'm master at or amazing at anything in particular. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think I've just realised I need to express myself more, even in terms of drawing, painting, um, poetry. I do have my blog, which is a lot of it will be transferred onto here me by me orally. But, yeah. Um, singing, whatever, just letting it out and letting the world know that this is me. And I'm amazing, because everybody does that, don't they? And not to be ashamed of what people will think or how people will react and respond to that, but to just share my truth. Because I think I have a lot to share but I keep it to myself because I guess somewhat I want to remain mysterious as well. Like, who, who is she? What's she up to you? You know, but there's no need. Share my voice. Um, and then I think, Another thing, yeah, that was also by Michelle Obama. She in her documentary about becoming, she also mentioned about sharing her voice, and that was just very inspiring for me as well. So, I think that kind of triggered the importance of that, and that's even speaking up in meetings, um, or yeah, when I have my opinion, not being afraid that it will be wrong, um, and just going for it. Okay, and the last thing I would say is probably order. (laughs) This is the funny one. So, my uh, MBTI profile is... I am an INFP. The P stands for, I think it's perspective, which means that you can be a bit everywhere. Like, yeah, (laughs) disorder is... With you, chaos is okay. <laughs> it's probably a part of your normal life. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think that that was definitely me um, in the past as well. I'm quite a chilled person as well. Um, my personality type, which I'll probably do a whole other thing on, is um uh I'm a melancholic, phlegmatic. Whichever way around at the moment it's always a delicate balance. But yeah, I think I'll say melancholic phlegmatic. So the phlegmatic side is very relaxed and laid back as well. So I tend to be that way. But I think I'm realising more that number one, I do have a lot of opinions. But number two, yeah, in terms of order, um, I do like order now. You know, <laughs> even mm. in my plate, I realized my friend sent me a picture yesterday um, and asked me, which one are you? And the plate had, like, all the veggies divided into separate colors um, or all the food divided into their separate perspective places on the plate versus it all just mixed up. And I was like, before I was definitely a mixed up person. I could just eat whatever... Um, mix it up and be fine but now I prefer things to be in their separate compartments on the plate <laughs> um, and also even when I eat salad as well like I'm not a salad person at all but I eat it because I know it's healthy I'll eat that first to get that out of the way on a separate plate then wash that plate or take a new plate and then put the rest of my food on there and it will be in their separate compartments. <laughs> So, yeah, it's really funny. Um, Even just being clean, like, I will notice little things here and there that make something a bit off, like becoming a bit precisionist or perfectionist in terms of my space and um, things being in order. Yeah, that's become a lot more important. And I was the type who literally would not care if I'm living in a a bomb hill (laughs) so yeah that's definitely I feel like I'm becoming my mum in that sense but I think that's a part of getting older as well you appreciate order and uh, not chaos and even in my plans as well like I like to know kind of hour by hour what I'm going to be doing when I'm meeting people in the sense of okay wait that sounds really bad no I don't I mean that For example, if I'm meeting someone at 8.45, it means that by, um, I don't know, 7.45, I should be doing my makeup. Um, And then before that, at six o'clock, I take a nap until 7.45. So that kind of thing. I plan my processes and steps beforehand when I'm meeting people. Whatever happens when we meet is fine. I don't need to know. That's okay. As long as I know where to be. And I guess I have a rough plan of what we're doing, but yeah, just having order in terms of how I plan things out in my head is also very important. And trust me, I'm like the last person who would be about that life but yeah <laughs> so yeah these are just a snippet of a few things that i've feel like i've grown up um now i'm experiencing them during lockdown and i hope that they'll stay i think priorities and mercy are things that i probably need to improve on you know i money is my priority um, and having a good time as my priority as well, but I think I probably need to start instilling some fundamental values, which were dismantled, but I probably need to figure out what I'm about again and build from that because career wise, I have no idea where I'm going, what I'm doing and I'm just taking it step by step. and basing my career choices around everything else i want to do and actually that's probably a good thing but i don't want to waste too much time like if i need to go back to university i need to decide on that and save towards that you know um but right now my priority is buying and um i'm very close to that just not in the right place location-wise so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, these are baby steps, you know, I'm only 23 and adulthood is the rest of my life. So <laughs> it's good that I'm experiencing these things slowly by slowly. Yeah, well, OK, I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening, guys.